you found a message that was delivered at Living Streams Community Church in McCordsville, Indiana. We are praying the time you invest hearing God's Word encourages you in your walk with Jesus and inspires you to share Him with others. If you want to learn more about us or send us a prayer request, visit our website, livingstreamscc.org. Thank you for listening. You can take your Bibles, have those handy. I'm going to kind of bounce around a little bit in the Word today, but uh, the one you want to hang on to is 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Now, I know that we normally do a countdown, or I don't know if you do a countdown, but we do a countdown a lot of times to Christmas, right? And just in case you're curious, Christmas is 47 days away, just in case you wanted to know. Uh, I'm not going to, you know... I'm not going to keep this from you, but Lucy was playing, on the way up to church this morning, she was playing Christmas music in the car, so, you know, it's, it's starting, to, starting to flow in, uh, in, our, in our house a little bit, at least through, through Lucy. But, you know, before we start thinking about Christmas, there's another important holiday that's coming up, and it's only 18 days away, and that would be Thanksgiving. And I did some reading up on gratitude this week, because this morning we're looking at Fighting Like a Believer with Gratitude. And I found out some interesting information that's going to make this season uh, that we're coming up to, this Thanksgiving, maybe the most important Thanksgiving we've ever had. And here's, here's what I found. In May of 2017, an article was published in Today Magazine. So this is just three years old. Titled, Be Thankful. Science Says Gratitude is Good for Your Health. Oh, get this. Laura Dunn says, more and more researchers are finding out that gratitude doesn't just make you feel like a better person. It's actually good for your health. Professor and researcher Robert Emmons put it this way. Clinical trials indicate that the practice of gratitude can have dramatic and lasting effects in a person's life. It can lower blood pressure, improve immune function, and facilitate more efficient sleep. Another study from the University of California, San Diego School of Medicine, found that people who were more grateful actually had a better heart health, specifically less inflammation and healthier heart rhythms. Can you believe that? They showed a better well-being, a less depressed mood, less fatigue, and they slept better. Gratitude has the opposite effect of stress. Another study found that gratitude can boost your immune system. Stressed out law students who characterized themselves as optimistic actually had more disease-fighting cells in their body. Another study found people who had gratitude journals had less dietary fat intake and as much as 25% lower in their lives. So stress hormones like cortisol are 23% lower in grateful people and have... Uh, And having a daily gratitude practice could actually reduce the effects of aging on the brain. Wow. Who knew? Who knew that gratitude could help you fight COVID-19? Gives new life to Paul's words in 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to come to you today so thankful for your word. Uh, It is truth. It is life. 
It guides us. It is light for our path. It never returns void. It changes our hearts. And it's good medicine for us. So we prayed today as we hear it, as we think about gratitude in our lives, as we think about your instructions to us uh, to live with gratitude, uh, that you'd bring it to life through the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, and that we would be healthier people, so we certainly need to be in this, in this time that we're living. Father, I pray today, just as we sang that song, Amazing Grace, that it would just flow to everyone in the sound of my voice, that it would just flow and meet every need of the heart today. With so much going on in the world, I pray that whatever it is, worry, fear, uh, feeling alone, sick, whatever it is, Lord, let your amazing grace flow to the people that we might praise your name and thank you for the good God that you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So it sounds like God wants his followers to be characterized as people who are grateful. This is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. But what does it mean? What does it mean to be people who are characterized by being grateful? You know, as parents, we wanted to teach our kids to say thank you when they received something. Uh, But that doesn't necessarily teach them to be grateful. You know, saying thank you can just be good manners instead of actually cultivating gratitude in our life. So if we're going to fight like a believer with gratitude, we need to know how to give a good, full of gratitude thank you in in our lives. So the first thing we, we should do is we should ask, what is gratitude? You know, just straight up. So Professor Robert there, who was quoted in that article, um, he's like perhaps the world's leading expert on on gratitude. And he says there's just two things. Two things to gratitude. First of all, it's an affirmation of goodness. We affirm that there are good things in the world, gifts and benefits that we've received in our life. So we're affirming goodness in our life. Second part of gratitude is that we recognize that the sources of this goodness are outside of ourselves. And then he says, we acknowledge that other people or even higher powers, if you're of the spiritual mindset, gave us many gifts, big and small, to help us achieve the goodness in our lives. So you can pray for Professor Robert that he would recognize that the higher power is Jesus Christ and that he not only knows that he is there, but knows that Jesus cares and cares personally for him because then I believe Professor Robert would be the leading expert in the world on gratitude. To give, you a, to give a proper thank, thank you, we got the first thing we really should do is recognize the source of goodness. Recognize the source of goodness that we're wanting to acknowledge. Jesus' brother James, he points us to the source. He said in James 1, uh, verse 17, Every good and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Now that is a... That's a pretty sweeping statement, isn't it? I mean, and if, if you grab hold of that, it really influences our gratitude in our life. If our heart can get a hold that all good gifts come from God, it, it really changes gratitude in our life. Now, first, there's a few things that that verse tells us about God. First of all, it tells us that God is a giver. God is a giver. The Bible says that God does good to all of His creation. Uh, It says that he doesn't withhold good from his people. And it says he's working out all things together 
for our good. In John 3.16, it tells us about the, the most amazing, incredible gift ever given in, that God gave in His Son. Uh, he, he sent His Son to die for us, to do something we couldn't do for ourselves, shedding His blood for the forgiveness of our sin and conquering the grave so that we might have that same victory if we would look to Him and believe in Him as Savior. And so he, he did that for us, and the reason He did that was because He loved us. He is good. Can you imagine if God wasn't a giver? Where would we be? We would be lost. We would be alone. We would be defeated. We would have no hope. We would have no future if God wasn't a giver. So praise God that he is. So James also tells us that God is good. If he wasn't good, then he wouldn't give good gifts. Good, perfect gifts. And you know, many people, they just don't believe that God is good. They don't believe he's, he's good because um, he, he's going to judge the world when all this is over. You know, that's one, one reason that they, they say he's not good. They, they say he's not good because he's defined for us good and evil. And he's put this thing inside of us called a conscience that kind of tells us there's good and evil. And then they don't believe he's good because um, he doesn't just kind of let us do what we want to do. Live, live how we want to live. He, it, it, really, they say he's not good because they, he doesn't let us be God in our life. <laughs> And then people say that he's not good because of the suffering in the world. If God is all-powerful, if he can handle you know, anything, if he can do anything, why is there suffering and why are these innocent people suffering? Why are there children starving in Africa? Well, listen, there's good answers to all of those questions and it's not my purpose to try to answer those this morning, but the presence of goodness in the world is all the evidence that we need that God is good. It's all the evidence that we need. God, goodness is God's character. It's, it's like he's made up of goodness. And so he is incapable of doing anything that is not good. I mean, wrap your mind around that. The Bible talks a lot about God's glory. Did you know that God's glory is made up of his goodness? Did you know that? In Exodus chapter 33, you know Moses, he's, he's feeling the stress of leading God's people into the promised land and he's, he's wanting some assurances from God that you know, he's going to be with them. And so he asked God this incredible ask that he would see, that God would show him his glorious presence. He, Moses wants assurance. And in God's grace, he replies to him in Exodus 13, in 33, 19, he says, I will make all of my goodness pass before you. So Moses asked to see God's glory. God says, here's my goodness. Isn't that incredible? The glory of God is made up of all of his goodness. Now here's why, here's why James says what he says. Every good and perfect gift comes from him into our lives because he's the source of all good, of all that is good. So we're not in danger when we experience good to thank God for it. We're not in danger of getting it wrong. Over and over the Bible says, God is good. I just put up a new banner, finally. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. Over and over the Bible says that. So, 
God being good is the starting place for us when we look at our life and we're trying to figure this thing out. He is good and and then we go from there. James also calls God giving gifts that are perfect. Christmas is coming, I already mentioned it. So you're thinking about, you know, giving gifts and you know, I don't know if you're like me, but you really want to give the good gift and maybe even the perfect gift. And it's really hard to give a perfect gift. I don't know if you've ever done it before. But to give a perfect gift, you got to know something about the person that you're giving it to. You know? I mean, because what's perfect for one person isn't going to be perfect for the next person. And so you got to know something about them, what they like, what they want, what they need to be able to do that, to be able to give a perfect gift. Well, God's goodness, it, it goes further than just this blanket good that he wraps the world in and just pours it out on the world. It, it, it's different than that. I mean, that's there, but he, he gets personal with his goodness. You know, he, he pours it out into your life personally, knowing you, knowing what you're going through, and you get customized goodness in your life. The right gift at the right time, at the right place, that only you're going to get. That's our God. I remember my first trip to India. And I was, I was uh, asked to speak to a large group of Hindus out in the rural country of India somewhere where God was really bringing revival. He was doing miraculous things there and he was drawing uh, so many Hindus from that faith to Jesus. And so it's this big opportunity, and, and we, we show up at this place, and we're late, of course, and this uh, worship service is already happening. And, and uh, they lead me up there, so behind me is a church, and in front of me is a sea of Hindus sitting on the ground at night with lights shining on them, and the band is playing. And I look in the front row, and there's, there's Indians there with Bibles open, and they're praising God, and I'm confused. I mean, I thought we were talking to unbelievers, so I didn't know. So I asked my host, the guy who was driving me around, I asked him, hey, I got two messages here. Should I preach to not yet believers or should I preach to new believers? And he said, new believers. At least that's what I thought he said. So I got up and I preached to the biggest crowd of unbelievers I've ever preached to and I preached the wrong message. And as the night wore on, I started feeling really bad about this mistake and I woke up the next morning and I was feeling, you know, really far from home, really alone, really like I was just done here. I was ready to get on the plane and and hightail it back to where I could understand everything. My heart had given up, my faith was on life support, I blew it and I I was ready to go. Well, my hosts, they came and they got me to take me to breakfast to somehow, somewhere in the middle of India, rural India. Still don't know where that, where it is. And I'm sitting there and I'm feeling really bad and, and I'm looking around in this living room waiting for breakfast and I'm looking around on the walls and on the wall there's this framed art that said, my grace is sufficient for you. Now, in the middle of rural India, you don't hear English, let alone read it. The, fe- the people that I was staying with, they didn't know English. And here's this on the wall. My grace is sufficient for you. 
And it was like God's audible voice to my heart right there. He knew exactly what I needed. This family put that up how many, how many months, days, years before, knowing God knowing that I was going to be there, needing to have that message right then at that right time. Because that told me that God saw me. And God was with me. And that He cared for me. So the tears were flowing while I was eating my Indian breakfast. And it kept me going the rest of the way, the rest of that trip. I just kept saying to myself, my grace is sufficient for you. Just do your best, even if a lot gets lost in translation. Gratitude will be so full of meaning when you remember the source of good in your life. It all comes from God because God is good. The next thing we need to do to fight with gratitude is to recognize the good around us in our lives. And that is not always easy to do, to see the goodness. I mean, every day right now we got a lot of things going on and we struggle and we would even say, man, I don't see a whole lot of good. Not much good going on. And that can have us kind of grumbling and groaning in, in our lives. So this cloud kind of descends on us and our vision is cloudy and, and we're, we're failing to see anything good and when we, when we fail to see good, we fail to see God in, in our life. So we have to think, gratitude has some enemies. Okay, their habits, their, um, their feelings that we wrestle with uh, that make seeing good really hard in our life. The first enemy is entitlement. You know, an, an entitlement attitude. It, entitlement says the exact opposite of gratitude. And entitlement says... I, de- I deserve that. You know, when you get a raise, yeah, I, I really deserve that. You know, when, when you get a good grade, yeah, I, I, deserve, I deserve that. When, when you get a good discount, uh, when, when you get a good present, if you think you deserve it, you won't see the good in it because it's not going to be good enough. <laughs> That's what entitlement does. You won't be able to see the good in it because it won't be good enough. Self-pity is another enemy of gratitude. Self-pity is a poor me attitude. Inside there's this voice saying, oh, my life is so hard. You know, I work so hard. I never get a vacation. My boss doesn't appreciate me. I'm, I'm left out at school or I'm stuck at home. Self-pity just kind of blinds you to the good in your life. And then, occasionally... Maybe more than occasionally, it will become vocal and becomes this complaining coming out of your mouth. And complaining is another enemy. It keeps you from seeing the good because all you're doing is is complaining about the stuff in in your life. And right now, we have a lot to complain about. We got masks. I've complained about masks more in the last two months than I have in my entire life. Politics. Lord, help us. Economy, a COVID Thanksgiving, the light on the card dashboard. I'm just telling you about my life. Um, the drive through order that they got wrong. The drive through line that is so long. No toilet paper on the shelf. I mean, the list goes on and on, doesn't it? Complaining, things to complain about. Constant complaining will keep you from gratitude, and so will being discontent. Discontentment 
Now, discontentment sneaks up on you. It's really easy to get discontent. All you got to do is get on Amazon and start scrolling. Search for anything. You will find something that you don't have that you know, totally blows away what you do have. And all of a sudden, what you don't have becomes a need and discontentment stirs in there. So we get discontent when we just kind of look at stuff. When I was a kid, toy catalogs used to come in the mail around this time of year. You used to, oh, you know. And then, then these great toys that I had. I had this G.I. Joe thing. No, I won't go there. Yeah, but, but you know, looking at all that stuff. The other thing is, is uh, comparing yourself to others. You know, their life, their house, their vacations, what, what they're doing, their friends. Hey, just spend hours and hours on social media where people put their best life out there and you compare your life to that life and you will stir up a spirit of discontentment really fast, really, really easy. You'll see how good everybody else has it and how bad you've got it. Last enemy I want to mention is busyness. Busyness just causes us to totally miss the good things. We just skip right over it. We don't even see it. Or we see it and forget about it. And so those are the enemies of gratitude. Entitlement, self-pity, complaining, comparing, discontentment, busyness. All those things we fight. They're part of our lives. In Philippians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12, Paul wrote this. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, whether uh, with plenty or little. Now, Paul doesn't mention what the secret is, but I would say he's talking about gratitude. He's talking about gratitude. When you're truly grateful for things in your life, that, that will defeat all of those enemies instantly. Gratitude. Instead of saying, I deserve this, gratitude says, I don't deserve this. Instead of poor me, gratitude says, rich me. Instead of complaining about what's wrong, gratitude finds what is right. Instead of being, uh, it causes you to be content when you're hungry because you're, you're dry and warm. It finds the good. Um, and when you're full, you're, you're grateful for being full, not groaning because it wasn't my favorite food. And that's what gratitude does. Gratitude causes you to stop and to see the good and to remember the good instead of running by it and missing it in our lives because we're running so hard. Now, I get to spend a lot of time here at the church. It's one of, it's one of the blessings in my life. Uh, to be able to come here and go here. And sometimes, uh, because of schedule, my comings and goings is, is a lot more than others and, and a lot faster than others. And it's so easy to walk by this great flower bed that's out there right outside our front door. Have you noticed that thing? It changes with the seasons. Like right now, there's fall stuff out there right on our front doorstep. Have you seen that? You know, when you, when you go by there, you see good, you see beauty, you see creativity, you see the care of the plants. And, you know, when you go by there, you should thank God for Butch and Pat Coons. Because they are the ones who spend time out there. Now, listen, I'm here a lot, and I never see him work on it. I'm like, when do you guys do this? 
It's really hard to catch them in the act, but that's exactly the way they want it because they don't want them to see you. They want, they want, they want you to see God. And that is such a beautiful thing to our church right out for, outside there. So Pat and Butch, I didn't want to fail to say high five. High five for, for doing such a good job out there in our garden uh, right outside our front door. In these times of struggle with, with COVID, with fear, with worry, gratitude can be this powerful weapon that we use that turns our mourning into dancing. I mean, you, but you have to see the good. Here, here's another example from Pastor Greg's life. So, last week, or yeah, I think it was last week, I was, I was driving, no, it was the week before, I was driving out of the driveway to go somewhere. And I get up to the end of the driveway and I forgot my mask, which caused me to grumble. So I backed up in the driveway, left the car running, got out, got to the door. It was locked. Grumble. Got back, go back to the car, turn the car off, get the key, go back in, go back, get inside, go get the mask, get back in the car. And, you know, right now I'm just, I'm not in a good mood anymore. And so now I'm driving down the driveway and right when I get to the end of the driveway, right before I'm getting ready to turn out on the street, I push the brakes and the pedal goes to the floor in the car. And then this message comes on the dash, brake fluid low with an obnoxious bing, 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 and it wouldn't shut off. And so now I'm like, so I back up, get back in my parking spot, I get out and I notice this growing puddle of brake fluid right underneath my, where I sit. So my brake line had rotted away. So at this point, did I mention it was raining and really cold? <laughs> so at this point, I have, you know, I have no, you know, nothing shining, at, you know, out of me at this point. So I get in Maisie's car and I go do my errands and I'm just pretty quiet. Get out of my way. I'm not bothering anyone. Dude, don't bother me because I'm not, you don't want to talk to me. So, so I finally, I get back to, to the house and... And then I start thinking about this whole scenario in a different way. And I start to look for the good. You know, that, that brake line could have broke on the interstate, but it broke in my driveway. And there was a car right there waiting for me to use so I could go do what I needed to do. And, and the, the, the repair job, it, it was not a big deal, and it wasn't the engine. The car's a good car. It gets me where I need to go, even if it does have lights on the dash. Simple fix. So I started seeing all of these good things. And when you can see the good things and return thanks to God for it, that's when the clouds of your heart begin to blow away and light shines in there. Gratitude does that. Seeing the good. And you can always find something good. Here's another example from Pastor Greg's life. In our home over uh, recent years, there's a little bit of a water pressure problem. So if you turn on a faucet or two and flush a toilet, the water pressure goes to nothing, which most of the time is no big deal unless you happen to be upstairs in the shower, which seems to happen to me a lot. So I'm up there, I'm in the shower, and the, I mean, it just goes, goes no, it, it turns off. And I'm like, I, I told you I was in the shower, don't use water, you know. But all I have to do when that happens, and I'm telling you, it happens, I don't know if it happens to anybody else in the house, but it happens to me, and I'm sorry to bring you in the shower with me. Um, but I'm, I'm like, all I have to do 
is thank God that I'm not taking a bucket, a cold bucket shower in India. And instantly, the clouds go away and the sunshine returns as I thank God for the palace that I live in. Instantly. That's how it works. Remember the source of the goodness. Recognize the goodness that is in your life. And I'm telling you, gratitude will fill your heart and it will help you fight during these difficult days. Now, there's only one last thing that we need to do. And that, after remember, after we recognize, we want to return thanks. And it's an important thing. We want to actually speak it. Whether we're saying thank you to God for our ears only or whether someone else hears it, saying it is a final piece of fighting with gratitude. There was a story in Luke chapter 17, uh, verses 11, 19, 11 to 19, about ten lepers. Listen to this story. I haven't read it in a while. As Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, ten lepers stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus, shouting, Praise God! And he fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Jesus said, didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. So doesn't it sound like returning thanks is an important thing to our God? It's a huge thing. So the man says, thank you. Jesus says, you're giving glory to God. So when you think about giving glory to God, you can do that by saying thank you to Him in, in your life when you recognize the good. Thank you for the great things that you have done in our life. Paul saying, give thanks in all circumstances. Remember Paul's word where we started? 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. Give thanks in all circumstances. So gratitude is something you don't keep to yourself. It's something you give away. Give thanks. Give it away. When you give it to God, it's an act of worship. And like we talked about last week, when you, when you give it to God and it's difficult in life, it's a sacrifice to do that. It's so precious to God. When we see the good, when, when, there's just, when it feels like there's nothing good. It's so precious to Him. So when we thank God for His goodness, we're calling attention to His goodness. And that's calling attention to His glory. Because He needs, He wants that. And that when we thank someone else for that goodness in our life, uh, flowing from God to us, that is giving God glory. Now, I think you can get into a little bit of a, a struggle there. It's like, well, if I thank this person, am I really thanking God? And I just say, it's, it's, yes, you are. If you've experienced goodness through this person and you thank them, that's all you need to do. If you happen to remember, you know, at the moment that this goodness came from God through this person, say, thank you, praise God that he used you in my life. You know, when you return thanks to someone, it communicates value to them. It says, you know, they're important. And it also tells them that what they did for you was valuable to you. And, and that it had an impact. And that it was good in your life. Just a simple thank you is okay. The power of gratitude 
new. I mean, you know, saying thank you. It's just like you teach your kids to do this. But look, look at all this stuff. I mean, it's surprising, isn't it? Truly grateful people. We, so when we do it, we humble ourselves before God. We recognize the goodness. that It was outside of ourselves. We couldn't have done this. We didn't deserve it. When we thank Him, we're bringing Him glory by acknowledging it. And then, doing that, it impacts our, our life. It impacts our heart. It impacts our health. It impacts our happiness when we say meaningful thank yous. And when the winds of gratitude, they start, it starts blowing in your, in your life, the clouds from the heart, the groaning, complaining kind of stuff, kind of get blown away and the sunshine comes back out. So I wanted to end today with a video to try to help get those winds of gratitude blowing in your heart. So watch this. Thank you, God, for trusting me to be his dad. Thank you, Lord, that when a door closes, you're still going to take care of me. And thank you for cheetahs and pickles and families and mommies and daddy. Thank you, Father, for always giving me perspective. I'm so sorry. Thank you, God, that you are the great physician of both my body and my soul. Father, thank you for knowing my family's needs even before I do. And for ladybugs and old people and Disney movies and Miss Walker and donuts. Thank you for reminding me that I'm never alone. Thank you, God, for what I have. And also, I wouldn't mind an upgrade soon. I want to speak to a manager. I'm sick and tired of trying to figure all this out. And now I want to be able Thank you, Father God, for love, joy, peace, and patience. Lord, especially patience. And thank you for Jesse, even though he's mean during recess. Help him find a good friend. That's what he needs. I love you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, God, for childlike faith.
Heavenly Father, we are so blessed, so blessed by you and who you are and your goodness in our lives. Hear our thanksgiving now. I thank you for the lights on my car dash. I thank you for low water pressure. I thank you for rain and cold and the changing seasons. I thank you for your faithfulness that you never leave us or forsake us. I thank you that you see us, each one of us. You know the number of hairs on our head right now. You know the weights of our hearts. You know what we're struggling with. You know just what we need. Thank you, God, for your goodness to us in our life. And we pray, Lord, as, we, as we're ready to go out into this world, um, that we might be conduits of your goodness to people around us. So we're available to you today, Lord to flow through us to others, that they might recognize where this goodness comes from and return and give you praise and glory. So Lord, fill us with your spirit as we go. Protect us this week. Make our light shine. In Jesus' name we pray. Now God's people said, Amen. Amen.